We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of the KCSN Draft Show. All right, welcome to the KCSN Draft Show special. We are going to do a seven-round Chiefs mock draft right now. Joined by my buddy Kent Swanson. We're going to bring on Mr. Craig Stout. Mr. Craig is great. Is going to join us for this seven-round Chiefs mock draft. The final mock draft for us here at KC Sports Network. We appreciate everybody for watching and or listening after the fact. Please like and subscribe. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Go download the KC Sports Network app if that's your kind of thing. Mr. Craig Stout, how goes it this evening, sir? It goes great, you guys. I am so ecstatic to be talking with you guys about the NFL draft. I think that maybe if this goes well, we should do it again. Maybe in a couple days. We'll, <laughs> we, we can just leave that open. I'll, I'll let the big boss man decide there. But yeah, happy to be talking draft with y'all. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Uh, doing a seven-round Chiefs mock. And, you know... This this week's always like a lot of fun for us. It's kind of the culmination of all of the work that we've put into it, and you know, with the draft guy, but like just the draft prep in general too. Like, it it it, it we're gonna obsess over four hundred players. The Chiefs are gonna take eight, <laughs> like two percent of the players that we actually like watch. It doesn't matter. This is fun. This is a fun weekend for us. I can't wait to hang out with you, with Maddie, with Beach, with Tuck, and maybe some other people. We'll see. Uh, who winds up over at uh, the pizza bar on Thursday and no other pup on Friday and Saturday. It's going to be so much fun. Let's... We will have Miller Lite giveaways. We'll have buckets. We'll have koozies. We'll have coasters. Uh, we'll have some product. We'll have some uh, some good stuff, some of our Charlie Hustle t-shirts to give away. So if you're in the area, uh, if you're going downtown, you could be in the PLN area. Stop by, say hello, get some swag. Uh, and chat with the guys a little bit. It's going to be a whole lot of fun, and uh, yeah, can't wait to see just not just our stuff. Obviously, we've been working on this. I think since like November, at least for me on the business side, it's been like November since I started working on this. Oh yeah, and you guys, I know Maddie uh, started in what? Well, it's, August, uh, April twenty-fifth, May May one spring games started watching. Yeah, May one started watching guys, and I think we started in October, like in earnest this year. But we uh, we're gonna go through this mock draft. This is a lot of fun, and. You know, we just we are going to go off of the round one round one mock that we just completed. So the Chiefs have traded up to pick twenty three uh, to select Zay Flowers, 
the wide receiver out of uh, Boston College. They used pick 122. They used a future pick to move up. And so that's what the that's the draft capital. So the Chiefs will not be picking um, at 134 in this mock draft, or 122, I'm sorry, in this mock draft because they have traded away in this scenario. But Craig, Chiefs trade up and using that draft pick, draft capital, for Zay Flowers. How do you feel? I mean, Zay Flowers is a good football player. Uh, he is an outlier in this draft. Uh, you know, he, he's a guy that's going to show up. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Than he is, but um, it, it is a guy that will be limited somewhat by his ability to, you know, go up and get the ball. He's, he's got decent vertical ball tracking, but that arm length, that size is not a prototypical round one guy for the NFL. That being said, he's absolutely worthy of a round one pick in this draft at wide receiver. He has a very high floor. He's going to contribute at a ridiculously high level for this Chiefs offense. He's going to be able to line up in the slot, contribute a lot of yak. He's going to be able to get open you know, against zone, against man. He's going to be able to do it a little bit and give you another guy along with Travis Kelsey that can contribute and raise the floor of this room. I, I think that he would play a lot. High football character. I don't love giving up those extra picks for him, but... If you want to go secure your guy, I'll get over that in a hurry. I Honestly, I'd get over that probably half an hour after the pick was made and just be absolutely fine with Zay Flowers being on my football. Of all the wide receivers in this draft, he's the one that I could, I confidently say, like, that guy's going to be successful mm-hmm. at the next mm-hmm. level. He's going to be good at the NFL. Despite whatever kind of usage that you want out of him, if you want him to do a lot of the things that McColl did in the Chiefs offense, he could absolutely do that. And I think he brings a little bit more as far as the route running, the things he can do with intermediate level. Yes. Deep down the field, his ability to go get the football. But just from an athletic standpoint, uh, you watch some of the routes and some of the workout stuff that he was doing. And mm-hmm. it just, he's moving differently. Uh, you're watching the highlight right now for everybody yeah, watching yeah, live right on YouTube. And that, that's the, that is the highlight mm-hmm. for him. We talked about that with him out at the East West Shrine Bowl back in January and just, yeah. Special. Uh, there's there's some special traits there. He'd be really fun with Patrick Levon Mahomes. That's a fun pick for us. Uh, so the Chiefs moved up from twenty to twenty three in this mock draft scenario. They pick at sixty three. They're not moving up. They're staying at sixty three, and they are making a pick, and they are going with interior defensive lineman out of Florida, Gervon Dexter. Uh, this is one of Maddie's favorite players in this draft, and. Honestly, I think when you watch, like, it, he's a guy that, like, I think the big conversation about him is the get-off, right? It's like, uh, you know, it's a little bit late. He doesn't time snaps great. But, man, everything after he gets off the football is just, it's impressive. And there's some moments, I he looks like Chris Jones to me sometimes with his frame, with some of his pass rush moves. He looks like Chris Jones coming out of, of Mississippi State at times, Craig. It does at times. Now, certainly Chris Jones, his snap timing was way better. Like, it, yeah. I I cannot emphasize enough what Kent has said there. You're going to watch him, and he's going to be the last guy off the ball every single time. Playing is a one-tech, too. Like, he's, he's straight across from the ball, man. But when he gets off the ball, there is explosion. There is a natural first-step quickness. He has the ability to swim over guys, dip around guys in ways that you don't see guys that are his size play. And I think that he's got the strength, the size, the mass to play one tech. I know that we're comparing him to Chris Jones here, 
but a guy that can truly play as a zero or a one tech because he does have such elite run defense. He really does a great job locking guys out, peeking around a center, or anchoring against a double team and resulting in a lot of stalemates. If you turn on his 2022 tape, he's playing at a little heavier weight, and that's a Florida team that didn't have a whole bunch of dudes on the, uh, you know, on the front seven there. He was asked to do a lot and play a lot of snaps, and it results in a lot of kind of stand-up and stalemate. You turn on 2021 Alabama, and you see a guy that has a little more rotation like you would in the Kansas City Chiefs scheme, and playing against a set of really good interior offensive linemen, he was absolutely dominating them. Again, last guy off the snap, still getting all kinds of pressure, still creating tackles for loss, still creating sacks. He was a monster in that game. It was round one tape. The only reason that he's going to be here at 63 is because his 2022 tape was not the same level as it was in 2021. I think if you are picking Gravon Dexter here at 63, you are ecstatic because you are hoping you get the 2021 version with a little more rotation in your defensive line, and you're going to get a stud impact player here. This is a home run pick at 63. Hey, he uh, he weighs more than uh, Derek Naughty. I mean, he does. He's and honestly, I think he plays the run. Does well. not move like Derek Naughty at no. all. <laughs> he plays. He plays the run well, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think that is like we saw. We got got done talking a little bit about some of the you know reps that he'll look like Chris Jones rushing the passer, but also like he's a he's an advanced run defender compared to somebody like Chris coming out. And I'm not comparing to Chris because like I don't think he'll ever be that kind of disruptive force as a pass rusher. He's got moments and flashes, and if you improve the, the get off, like he's going to have a very big impact in, in his NFL career. But like, there's a higher floor, I think, than some people want to want to talk about with a Gervon Dexter. I think it's 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 a great pick uh, at 63. I'd be absolutely thrilled. So the Chiefs have 10 picks going into this draft. They're not making 10 picks, I don't think. I think they're going to move up. I think seven, eight is around the spot. I think that's around the number. And so, what do you do? you kind of maneuver the board a little bit to make sure that you're kind of securing players that you like. And we've gra- we've traded up for Zay Flowers. We've drafted Gervon Dexter. And we're going to make a small little trade up here. Now, with the 86th pick after surrendering picks 95 and 166, okay. the Kansas City Chiefs have moved up to secure the services of Jalen Duncan, the offensive tackle out of Maryland. And this is kind of an interesting guy because, you know, I think two months ago we would have been thrilled to have Jalen Duncan at 63. We would have been doing backflips. We would have been excited. And I don't know if our opinions have waned too far, but it does seem like this is a realistic scenario where Jalen Duncan's fallen out of the first two rounds of this draft and being available in round three. And I'll be honest with you, if that's the case... Craig, I'm thrilled to get Jalen Duncan in the third round. I'll trade up for him all day. I mean, when you watch a guy that has this kind of fluidity and movement ability playing out here as the left tackle for Maryland, it, you get excited about what his potential can be. Um, he, he His foot qu- quickness is great. He is great in open space. You are not going to have to worry about him getting beat up the arc because he does have the lateral agility to shuffle out and make sure that he can control speed rushers. It is fun to watch Jalen Duncan play football. I am a sucker for <laughs> offensive tackles that have movement ability, and this is it, that's him to a T. Now, doesn't have the most length, 
going to be like 33 and 5 8 inch arms. It, it's more than enough, but not like Andy Reid, you know, super length that he's looking for there. But he also struggles a little bit with some power. You don't have to have Jalen Duncan come in day one and be a super contributor here. Put him in there with Andy Heck because he's going to be able to do that inside check, make sure that inside gap is closed, and then kick out with that movement ability. It gives him another toy and another elite mover at offensive tackle. We know the Chiefs have prioritized dudes that could move at offensive tackle in the past, and it's really worked out for him. Jalen Duncan would just be another guy in the line with that along with Jawan Taylor, that's a very athletic tackle group and gets Andy Reid kind of back to where he was, you know, three, four, or five years ago. I had a really interesting conversation with Nate Taylor about wherever they draft tackle, whether, unless they're trading up to top 15, they take a Broderick Jones and they trade up to get him. You know he's going to play at some point right away. Uh, but regardless, the tackle they take, it almost seems like they would want Lucas Nyang to win that battle. Hmm. Regardless of when they take a guy, I would fully expect Lucas Nyang to take the first team right tackle reps with Jawan Taylor, starting at the left side, whether it's OTAs or at the start of training camp. And then once you get in a couple of weeks, that's when you see the rookies start to mix in and brings up the question of you keep Jawan Taylor on moving from one side to the other, and then you have a college kid that comes in that might be a left tackle that all of a sudden you have playing right tackle. Mm-hmm. If these guys cross both both tackles playing positions that they're not exactly uh, comfortable with that they haven't been playing for the last few years. Uh, but like Jalen, he's one of the, the tackles uh, that I've been watching. Athletic. Love love everything about that move, and I think it would be the perfect kind of move to give Lucas Nying a little bit of a push, um, but also not threaten anything uh, with knowing that the Chiefs want to give Lucas Nying every opportunity to win that spot. Well, and this is the range that the Chiefs grabbed Lucas Nying. Lucas Niang was a late third-round pick. Jalen Duncan, a late third-round pick. I think Jalen Duncan has the talent to be able to beat Lucas Niang for that job. But he's he might wind up being a best-five guy, too. Like, if Lucas Niang pans out, maybe you look at his ability to kick inside the guard. And it's like, if the Chiefs have no qualms doing that. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about tackle all offseason. I mean, this is the biggest offseason and going into the season of Lucas Niang's career. No, this is going to doubt. make his time. I mean, he opted out the first year, then had the injury, uh, made some starts, has some experience, but this is it for him. Mm-hmm. He's got to go out there and prove it. And if they take a player in the mid-rounds, it doesn't mean anything one way or another because of the versatility with those guys. No. Um, but this is it for him. And normally you see guys either step up or they kind of fizzle a lot at this point, and that's one of the reasons that I'm excited to get to training camp, regardless of what they do at tackle, to walk a, watch a player like Lucas. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, yeah, you're rooting for, yeah, you're rooting for a good problem to have. In this kind of situation, if Lucas Nian can wind up winning that tackle job, you know, it kind of remains to be seen if he's going to be able to stay healthy. That's been a struggle for him. You know, there's, it seems like there might have been some weight stuff at times, too, with him. So you got to kind of monitor that. But what's great right now? Hey, look, great now. I, yeah. I, I keep going back to the Chiefs trusted him with a snap in the fourth quarter late in the Super Bowl. They trusted him enough at the right tackle spot to, to turn Andrew Wiley into a tackle eligible. That says something. That's yeah. telling you something. In a high leverage moment, third down and goal in the red zone, they trusted Lucas Niang to play right tackle for them. I think that says a lot. Let's move on to pick 134. Uh, because the Chiefs moved one pick 122 as part of the Zay Flowers trade-up that we just had earlier, they're going with edge. They're going defensive end. They're going Yaya Diaby mm, out of like Louisville. This is a... like this guy. I mean, but this is this is a Steve Spagnuolo defensive end. If you've ever seen one, this and the fun thing is, there's a lot of Steve Spagnuolo defensive ends day two, day three of this draft. 
but this is a big, massive, long, thick, physical edge rusher. You know, it, obviously a little stiff, but I think you have to be stiff to play for Steve Spagnuolo. That's okay. This is a guy that is powerful, is going to play the run extremely well. He's going to give you great effort, outstanding effort, and he's going to get some of those effort sacks that, you know, have kind of become a staple of some of these guys. Yeah, and I think the first thing that pops out with Yaya Diaby, other than his length and power, is his football IQ. And we know that Steve Spagnuolo wants guys that really have good football IQ. I love watching him defend the run. I love the way that he locks out, controls multiple gaps, and is able to set a hard edge. He can kick inside a little bit and control a guard as well and really do well in that Louisville scheme. He is super fun to watch. Tons of positional versatility there and a ridiculously smart guy with that kind of length and those kind of measurables. I mean, it it's great. I, I think the only thing that he's really lacking is a little bit of creativity in his rush plan. And you're going to put Joe Cullen with him and that kind of length and those kind of smarts. I think that's a guy that picks it up quick. I think that's a guy that gets into the rotation pretty quickly there. And at the very worst, you have a guy that can come in play on downs one and two as a base down guy and defend the run pretty well and then kick it over to the dime that we know guys like Charles Aminahue, guys like George Karloftis, Chris Jones, defensive end to be named later, you know, whoever it's going to be, Jerk Wharton maybe, going to kick in there in the dime. They've got enough juice as pass rushers there. Early down base defensive end guys are what I'm looking for here with a little bit of rush upside. Yaya Diaby in day three is exactly that. I, I'll i be honest. I love this draft so far. Absolutely love it so far. Good, because we made it. <laughs> we hope you all love it out there as well. We appreciate it. We're halfway through, and we're going to finish up right after this quick break. Let us play, pay some bills. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Kansas City, the NFL Draft is here. It is Draft Week in Kansas City, and what a time it is for our city. Just winning a Super Bowl thanks to Andy Reid and company, and now hosting the NFL Draft, it's an incredible time to be in Kansas City and to be a Kansas City sports fan. And regardless of who you root for, there's only one selection that every football fan can share, and that's an ice-cold Miller Lite. Look, the players change, the coaches change, the rules change, but Miller Lite is still the perfect beer for draft time, game time, 
and everything in between. When I want a beer with some flavor, you know I go to the cooler and I reach for a Miller Lite. It's light on calories, not light on taste. It's a perfect beer for watching football, watching soccer, watching any Kansas City sports, and hanging out with the boys. It's my go-to. So kickoff comes around again. Enjoy the beer that tastes like the season, Miller Lite. Great taste, 96 calories. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash KCSN, or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Welcome back to the special KCSN seven-round mock draft uh, for Kent and Craig. Breaking down their picks for the Kansas City Chiefs based on the comment section. This might be the best mock draft we've done so far. People are loving <laughs> what you guys are doing here. That's nice. It's always better than the alternative. Uh, you know, it's always funny with mock drafts because, like, so many people just, like, you're never, you're never going to make everybody happy, and hopefully we can make some more people happy in the back half of this draft. Obviously, just as a recap, we had the Chiefs trading for uh, up for Zay Flowers in our round one mock scenario earlier uh, that we were doing. Um, so Zay Flowers, the pick at 23. Pick 63 is Gervin Dexter, the interior defensive lineman out of Florida. We traded up for Jalen Duncan at pick 86 using 95 and 166. Again, I don't think the Chiefs are making 10 picks in this draft. I think they're making 7-8. At pick 134 was Edge Yaya Diaby out of Louisville. Obviously, pick 166 has been traded. Now we're in the back half of the draft. Before we get to the back half of the draft, I just want to plug this. We haven't talked about this yet. If you are in the Kansas City area and you want to come hang out with us on Sunday, we will be up at Holiday Distillery in Weston, Missouri. It is an open house party. If you are listening to this, you are invited, whether you're watching on live on YouTube or you're watch, listening to the podcast after the fact. Uh, you can go on our social channels and RSVP so we know about how many people. I think right now there's about 100 people oh, wow. um, that are on there. You can RSVP in the uh, the links are in the description uh, of the show here on YouTube. But uh, come hang out. We'll have some former Chiefs players, some legends. They'll be up there joining us. We'll have drinks. We'll have a food truck. They'll have a live DJ. We'll have recorded our post-game, our post-draft recap show. And so we'll be done with content. And if you guys can stay awake, have a few old fashions like we are right now, thanks to our friends at Ben Holiday, mm. it'll be a, a grand old time. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. It's If you've never been out to Holiday Distillery, it's so beautiful out there. It's so cool. They have unique space out there. It, yeah. It's it's a lot of fun. And like 170 acres. It's Yeah, it's gorgeous. Oh, it's, it's, it's such a fun place to be out there. I can't hang, can't wait to hang out with these guys. Uh, I, we I will hug you. That is a that is a fact. I will hug you. If you want, put Craig in the corner, it's gonna be like the dollar Dan, like the dollar hugs. You don't have to do the dollar, not even the dollar. You just put Craig in the corner. Everybody gets in the line to hug him. Yeah, that is. Are you are we allowed to do that? Feels gross. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think Craig. Go in the corner. To, you gotta hug people. I don't think you're allowed to do that. This feels gross. <laughs> I, I think I don't think that's in the contract. Pick one seventy eight. Uh, Mend the contract. <laughs> Pick one seventy eight because this is the there's a there's a gap. This is the the biggest gap in our mock draft. You know the Chiefs, I believe. Well, I don't know eighty six to one thirty four, but one seventy eight is uh, we're going to the tight end. This is a very tight deep tight end class. I don't think I need to tell you that if you've been paying attention to all the great content that's out there. And you know we got KCSN draft guide, the seventh best tight end that we think in this draft is available late. And I don't think it's out of the possibility the way the buzz is kind of hitting right now. Davis Allen out of Clemson, uh, the tight end there. 
Um, he's, you know, he's 6'6", 245, so he's not like the densest blocking guy, but he's a capable quality inline blocker, gives great effort, um, has pretty good technique as a blocker. He's pretty good away from his frame catching the football. And, you know, that's that's something that you really like. He's the ability to go up and get it. Um, big catch radius. He's not necessarily going to be the most dynamic route runner. I don't think he, you know, he's a little bit more linear. He's not quite um, this. He's a kind of quite the fluid route runner that you're going to see some from some of these other other guys. But as on a vertical plane, being able to climb the ladder, I think he's an intriguing red zone threat. I think he's a capable blocker. It makes sense to add another tight end into the mix here, Craig. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I think that people are going to look at this tight end class and they're, they're going to turn on some Davis Allen tape and they're going to go, oh, why aren't we talking about it? <laughs> yeah, that's that's not as impressive as some of these other guys, which, I mean, you're going to watch some of the, the highs of some of these other guys. Davis Allen has a ridiculously high floor. Like, he just does, you know, Michael Mayer, we've talked about it in the first round, a guy that everybody kind of sleeps on a little bit because he just kind of does everything at a really high level. And so people are just like, oh, he doesn't have some of these eye-popping traits. Davis Allen's kind of similar. Like, he he is a lesser version of that. He's going to walk in line. He's going to be able to hold up at the point of attack a little bit. He's got a really huge catch radius, a guy that can go up and get the ball, has good hands as well knows what he needs to do, executes the the you know the scheme very, very well. He's just going to be one of those guys that's just going to show up, do his job at a high level all game long. And when you're talking about a tight end in day three, like that's all you're looking for there because then you're getting somebody that can really contribute. Like I liken, and you know, they're different players and all that, but I liken him to like, a Blake Bell-esque player in this offense. Somebody that's just going to be on the be on the field for, you know, 30-40% of the snaps and do his job really well on all of them and has a little bit of up the seam ability, a little bit of catch radius. Like that that's what you're hoping for out of a day 3 dude. That's a good question right there. Tucker, we bring that question back up that we just had in the chat room. Zach Tuttle asked, we had four tight ends on the roster last year. So would that make Jody Fortson that odd man? Actually, so I I don't think so. I don't think I think Blake Bell might have the better chance be. if you're going to take one of those guys. I think it, Noah Gray brings a little bit something different there, um, athletically. Obviously, Travis Kelsey. I, um, but yeah, I I almost I also think like Jody Fortson's a fan favorite. He's a great story, but I think he's got 13 career catches, and we talk. I mean, he's about yeah. he's like uh, close to 30, and at some point, like. Unique player. He's dealt with some injuries. He hasn't really been able to find his footing. And I just, I don't know if if he's a guy that you're so concerned about holding on to. Add some competition. Add a draft pick late in the in the draft, and and see if he can supplant him. Because I mean, a, I I don't know. I get that Davis Allen's a better inline blocker than Jody Fortson, and he's a good seam runner. He's got a big catch radius, and. The only thing that we've seen Jody Fortson really be able to put together at this point is having a big catch radius and yeah. going down the field and, you know, catching the ball away from his frame. I'm not saying it's an apples to apples comparison. I'm just saying better blocker and can get down the field a little bit suddenly vertically and catch the ball away from his frame. That's that's yeah. that's Davis Allen. I'll never forget and I could, Chris never get something Chris Ballard told me years ago, uh, with the way that they look at players. You look for guys with unique traits. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jody Fortson definitely has unique traits in a skill set, a f- physical ability that other people can't. Doesn't mean you still have to develop it. You still have to be able to go out there and execute within the offense something that makes you a mismatch problem, a mm-hmm. a chess piece that you can go out there and do something with that Andy Reid can do something with. Uh, 
But same thing with Davis Allen. Whoever they bring in also brings a unique trait or something uh, to the mix. And then where's the value? What's the best? But uh, yeah, that's a good. That's a really good question though, because uh, I do expect to bring a tight end, and that's a, a group full of guys that have some experience and a lot of guys with upside. But you bring in more competition, it's not gonna hurt anything. I mean, you don't have to sign a guy with the group that they have. You don't have to. This is one of those where you play the board a little bit. You don't mm-hmm. prioritize the position, but if a dude falls that you really like, you're not committed to Blake Bell beyond this year, and even that, I'm not sure how much of his contract is guaranteed at signing. I'm guessing it's right. not much. It's certainly not enough for you to prevent another guy from being on the roster. Jody Fortson has another year on his contract here, so another guy that you could look at, and it's like, okay, well, we'll keep Jody. Maybe we move on from Blake Bell. And we have this guy in waiting there with Travis Kelsey, Noah Gray, and now a future draft pick here. I think tight end makes a lot of sense, but I do think they're going to completely play the board here. They're not going to reach for a guy just to get a guy because they feel good with the four they have. But guy falls, got to take him. And a couple things. Uh, Yeah, I think tight end's a place where value could fall. I think cornerback's a place where value could fall. I will... I'm not going to, I don't caution people is not the right word. I think I, I, I'm not going to be stunned if this team takes a best player available approach for some of these picks. And I don't think you should be upset if the pick isn't a wide receiver in the first round. Um, I just think it's, it's just the value on the, let's see. <laughs> there's two, there's two pitches there. Running back and guard are the two that it's like, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think best player available. I think quarterback. There's the best. Hey, look, Hendon Hooker got mocked by Chris. Collins I know by Chris Cullen for very seriously today. We need a linebacker to be mocked to the Chiefs so we can achieve uh, a, 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 a complete board. What he's talked about. That. It's crazy. We have to. Maybe we should go back and mock Jack Campbell to the Chiefs at 31 just so he can was complete there, the cycle. Was there a linebacker in the first? In our mock? Yeah. I don't think there's going to be one. There might. There. There may be one. There probably is going to be. There's a better chance of two running backs. Well, there's a better chance there's more running backs than linebackers. It's a tough linebacker draft. Exactly. <laughs> there's, it might be Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, it's Jack Campbell. It's Trenton Simpson. It's Drew Sanders. But there's, that's an Arkansas kid. Yeah, but like, okay. I don't think tweener. Isn't he? he rushed at Bama. He played off ball at Arkansas, and that's what I'm saying. It's like exactly like there's no clear cut top guy. Jack Campbell's the best pure linebacker, and he actually tested kind of freaky. <laughs> It doesn't show up on tape, and he's got great instincts. Like he's the guy. I think. Like I think he's the guy that goes round one. Drew Sanders is a freak athlete that maybe wasn't as freaky as we thought, and his instincts aren't good. So it's like, I don't know. It's uh, Trent Simpson, great athlete, maybe a little stiffer than people thought. Yeah, like there's there's some questions. There. Uh, Cole Kelleher asking, or not that I'm advocating for this, but do you guys think Kelsey's era parent is going to be drafted this weekend? Uh, I again, like I wouldn't be stunned if the board spoke to them and said, "Let's grab Tucker Craft at sixty-three because we like him most." You know, uh, I I don't know if you're going to be able to call him a true heir apparent, but I'm not going to yeah. be stunned any spot in this entire draft where the Chiefs draft a tight end. Michael Mayer's on the board at thirty-one. Love it if yeah. it's Tucker Craft at sixty-three. If it's Brenton Strange at ninety-five. I, whatever whatever they choose I'm going to uh, this is a great tight end class go grab one I just I want to see a young tight end with a lot of upside and a lot of talent kind of like we've seen with Jody Fortson and yeah. the value those guys have be around Travis Kelsey every day 
Yeah, I want to take advantage of the fact that we've got a first ballot Hall of Fame tight end, the greatest to ever do it, who's willing to work with younger guys. If you've watched mm-hmm. the clips from Tight End View, uh, what they do down in Nashville, and you've seen how Travis Kelsey talks about how he sets up routes, how he plants and explodes into the ground, yeah. uh, instead of trying to run on top of it, really explodes off of it in the way that he creates a separation, uh, the way that he sets up the top of his route. Um, it's you can't quantify the value that that would be for a young player, whether it's a Michael Mayer, whether it's a Dalton Kincaid, a Sam Laporta, a Davis Allen, whoever it is, doesn't matter. Just yeah. get them around Travis Kelsey and learn the work ethic of what it takes to be as good as Travis Kelsey has been because it doesn't just happen. Mm-hmm. Like Travis Kelsey walked into the league and was this good. Uh, he developed this. He worked for this. and Didn't have a catch I, his rookie year. Didn't hurt. I know. I'm just – that's the point. It's like he had to, he had to work his yeah. way through all that. And he didn't get a single. I mean, I said you're making a joke. No, <laughs> no, I would never. Me, never. Sam Laporte is fun too. I like him a lot. Uh, let's let's finish this draft out. We've got three more day three picks here. Uh, Craig, what's the one thing Andy Reid loves out of his offensive tackles? Length. <laughs> well, how about a tackle guard? Probably a guard at the next level with thirty-five inch arms. Love it. And he does too. Yeah, McClendon Curtis out of Chattanooga is the pick. He's a little bit on the older side. He'll be 24 during his rookie season uh, after like the second game of his rookie year. 6'5", 324 pounds, 35-inch arms, has some tackle experience. Probably going to wind up kicking inside the guard. A lot of technical work that needs to be done for him to kind of achieve his full ceiling, but uh, a high-quality football player has that entry at length. You know, it's a guy that's probably going to appeal to Andy Reid in the, in the back end of uh, of the of the draft in around uh, probably you know six seven. That range is is probably where you're going to see McClendon Curtis off the board. He is off the board here for the Kansas City Chiefs. Pick two forty nine. We are going to move on and grab a running back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So talking to Eric Galco, uh, the director of the East West Shrine Bowl. Uh, it's been so much. Fun. I, if you guys have not. Listen to the draft shows with Galco. Go back and listen to them. There might be nuggets that are worth paying attention to. A lot of them. There there <laughs> might be some nuggets. If you've been paying attention to that show, you probably learned a few things that aren't going to surprise you on draft weekend. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. So make sure you're checking those shows out with him, myself, and Maddie. He's been giving great insight and talked about a lot of guys. Um, one, he, one of the things he talked about with the running back position is Mo Ibrahim, out of Minnesota is a guy that he, you know, they're getting a lot of feedback in the NFL about his ability to be a, a quality pass protector, a good outlet out of the backfield. Maybe didn't have a ton of catches at Minnesota, but if you're looking for a Daryl the Barrel Williams type outlet type player with the chops to be a good pass protector and do the dirty work, Mo Ibrahim's that kind of guy. So in round seven with pick 249, we are adding Mo Ibrahim out of Minnesota to the uh to the Kansas City Chiefs. So yeah. You got you got yeah, some on I, yeah, I got a little bit on Mo Ibrahim. Okay. You know, a guy with a little bit of injury history, but uh I really like his vision, especially between the tackles. I think he's very patient, but when he sees the gap open, he hits it. And doesn't have elite speed. You're not gonna ever confuse him with like Damian Williams by any means. Maybe not even Jarrett McKinnon, but Certainly a guy that kind of does all the little things right. We've talked about a lot of players in this draft. This is very much a Brett Veach hitting, you know, kind of doubles, you know, sort of deal there where you're getting a guy, a lot of guys, high football character, high football IQ, 
are going to be able to step in and learn complex schemes for Andy Reid and you know Brett or Steve Spagnuolo pretty quickly there. Mo Ibrahim is that kind of player. He's just going to show up. He's going to do his business. He's going to be a great complement to Isaiah Pacheco, a guy that can pass protect a little bit, gives you another option. I think that this is the type of guy that might keep a Jarek McKinnon out of the room if he was added to it and they were very comfortable with him, you know, kind of taking over some of those third down back duties. I think maybe that's why the Chiefs haven't signed Jarek McKinnon back already, waiting to see if a player like this can fall to them at the picks that they're picking. If this guy is there, I can see him being a guy that they trusted. Brett Veach has very much trusted day three running backs in recent history here. So why not give another guy a shot that can compliment Isaiah Pacheco? It's not Deuce Vaughn, but I'll take it. <laughs> hey. I'll take it. Two hours. Hey, two hours with the Chiefs. Two hours with the Chiefs. That's not nothing. That's not nothing. That's not nothing. You and I had a nice long chat. Yes, we did. About Deuce Vaughn when I stirred up social media. This that day, but we are going to take one final break before uh, we wrap up this show. Appreciate everybody for hanging out, and uh, I invite you please stay and watch this video um, for those watching live because uh, this is something that means a lot to us individually. And I'm going to throw to the video. We're going to react to it afterwards. But uh, here is Ebony Reed, uh, Therese Paler's fiance, talking about uh, the scholarship that we are raising for money for right now through the KCSM Foundation. Uh, let's roll that video. My name is Ebony Reed. Therese Paler was my longtime partner, fiance, and we had planned to marry uh, before he passed away in 2021. He cared deeply about education. He was really passionate about this whole issue around student loans and how it impacts people's ability to move up in the economic strata in our country. And so we had conversations at home about someday he wanted a scholarship in his name. When people make a contribution to the Power Mizzou Journalism Alumni Scholarship, the development department, every time someone makes a contribution, they send me a monthly list and say, these are the people who've contributed so that I have the opportunity as a representative, as one of Therese's loved one, to send a note to people to thank them so people get a personal note from me on top of what they get from the university. And sometimes people put special notes uh, when they make their contribution. And recently there was a note that came from a dad from Texas. And he has a son that will go to Mizzou in the fall to study broadcast journalism. And in his note, he said, my son received a scholarship that waived out-of-state tuition and that means so much to our family that we had to give back and support the Power Mizzou Journalism Alumni Scholarship in memory of Therese Paler because we read about him and we know who he is. And when I got the note from the development department, I said to them, you know, 20 years ago, young Ebony was a student at the Missouri School of Journalism and I had a scholarship that waived my out-of-state tuition. So when I write this dad back, I'll be sure to tell him, you know, people can participate in the raffle, which is, you know, one way to, to, to support because all the proceeds from the raffle go to the Power Mizzou Journalism Alumni Scholarship, which supports students at the Missouri School of Journalism. Uh, people can support by also picking up some of the new gear and they can also directly make contributions to the Power Mizzou Scholarship online. 
All right, welcome back to the show. I'm talking about uh, the Therese Paler Memorial Scholarship through Power Mizzou that we are raising money for with the seven prizes you saw right there. You can find the links uh, to make any donations. Uh, $10 gets you a donation, gets you a ticket, chance to win one of those seven items. Pretty cool items that we have this year, but more importantly, going towards a cause that uh, talk to anybody who was close to Therese. This is something that uh, he would have been proud of and he would have been um, very excited to know that there was a scholarship in his name helping um, you know, future journalism students, minority students uh, who are interested in going to the University of Missouri and, and getting a degree in journalism. Yeah, it's the first time I'd seen that video. I uh, wish you hadn't uh, sprung that on me a little bit. Uh, that's, Sorry, no, it's okay. It's really cool to see his, uh, his impact uh, in the... Uh, I mean, it's really cool to see Kansas City rally around this too and the support that um you know that that that, that you're it, me going. i know i'm sorry man it's 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 been special to see the response from people wow. and the support and yeah it is i don't know I, mean, I don't know what to say uh i was talking to christian gumminger mm-hmm. uh on text last night about this because we've raised uh i think it's like thirty four hundred dollars already uh, <laughs> even before we got to the draft for that yeah, um, yeah. and that you can only hope to have people care about you the way that we all care about Therese two, two years after uh, you pass. Uh, we all hope to make an impact like he did in the short time that he was here to have people care about him in the way that um, so many people have. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's an honor to be a part of something that uh, is helping him in one way. And there's a lot of different ways to help him buy the all juice gear. Uh, there's new designs out that are awesome that's in Mizzou colors. Um, go buy the gear. It, it goes to support the scholarships as well. Go directly to the power of Mizzou and then donate and do a recurring donation. Uh, Cause it's going through Gabe DeArmond. Who's done a phenomenal job getting that going. Uh, we're proud to partner with him and, and help uh, assist raising money for that. And so try to hit us in the fields right now as we get ready, but we've we shot this raffle after all donating to the raffle. It, it means so much. Uh, it's not just, you know, remembering Therese, but it's also helping somebody in the future. Which yeah, is exactly yeah. what, how Therese would have wanted to be, remembered is helping people helping individuals helping that next kid to be the next guy that can help others and that's that's what this is all about so your money goes straight to that so please keep donating however you can there is a raffle going on we'll draw day three for all of those prizes and everything like that but remember why you are donating which is for the helping of those individuals They've already given out, I believe this will be the third student they've given scholarships to. The first one already has a full-time job covering Creighton Athletics. <laughs> um, and the second one is covering the University of Missouri. Uh, they're in Columbia for the the newspaper. So already making a difference with people um, following in his footsteps and in his honor. And it's it's an amazing thing to be a part of. Well, and there's like certain benchmarks. I know we've talked about this before. I think last year, there's certain benchmarks with some of these where they become endowments and they can help fund themselves a little bit over time. And the more you contribute, the longer the legacy lasts. Okay, for for them, the University of Missouri one, they already endowed it at twenty five thousand. Wow. It's at, I believe, seventy three thousand. Last time I talked to Gabe, they're trying to get to eighty five by the end of the year. And so, whatever we can do, our internal goal was seven thousand dollars to raise for this. We're about halfway there, and we haven't even got to the draft. Let's go. Um, but yeah, got the video from Ebony. We got a video from Gabe Yarman, uh, produced earlier. Uh, we'll put that out, and then we'll continue to talk about this and and all that on our live shows. We get closer to the draft and during the draft and the live streams and. And we'll announce the winners um, on Saturday. We'll pick during the Saturday stream uh, pickers picks of the seven winners, the seven prizes. Got some really, really cool stuff this this year. Thanks to uh, ADA Fundraising, and thank you to Tickets for Less for donating a couple items. And thank you to uh, Chris Jones and his agent, Michael Katz, for donating the signed cleats in jersey. That was something that 
that Michael talked to Chris about. Chris really wanted to help. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be involved. He respected Therese. He loved Therese. Uh, and shout out to Chris Jones uh, for dude. helping in that way as well. Should we move on to football? Sure. Uh, speaking of Therese, Therese, the All Juice team was very good about having a chief, an eventual chief. Always, always one. I think he, I think he hit like all but one year. I think there was like yeah. one year he might not have. Uh, just phenomenal track record. That was why partially like that, that, you know, all juice meant something. I'm not going to call anybody all juice. I think I'm never touching that now, but this is somebody that I think Chiefs fans should be paying attention to in day three of the draft. I'll just say that. Truman Jones, the edge out of Harvard is the final pick for the KCSN seven round Chiefs mock draft. Craig looks excited. He's been in for a top 30 visit. Um, he is a little bit smaller than what they've typically preferred. He's 6'3", 250 pounds. That doesn't scream Steve Spagnuolo defensive end. 33 and a half inch arms, though. 10 and a quarter inch hands. High quality athletic profile. A little inside-outside versatility. A little Mike Dana-ish. Mm-hmm. I pay attention to him on day three of the draft. That's all I'll say. I think that's the final pick for us. I mean... High football IQ. This is the high football IQ draft. Kind of like last year's was, and we saw how that worked out. Truman Jones has exceptional football IQ, and not just because he went to Harvard. Like, really good eye discipline. When you turn on the tape, makes a lot of plays that other guys that are more athletic than him won't be making at this point in the draft because he sets himself up for success by doing things right. Very Mike Dana-ish. I'm I'm with Kent there has the ability to do some of the things that Dana does. This is a fun swing at the end of the draft that, frankly, probably makes the roster in that Mm -hmm. defensive end room because he's got enough football chops to come in and just play with a fairly decently high floor in a Steve Spagnuolo scheme. Let's uh, let's run down this draft real quick. Uh, We'll just give everybody the... Thanks, man. You tried. You crushed it. Uh, pick 23, the Chiefs traded up for Zay Flowers. And the wide receiver out of Boston College. Pick 63, defensive lineman Gervon Dexter out of Florida. Pick 86, in another trade-up, the Chiefs select Jalen Duncan, the offensive tackle out of Maryland. Pick 134 is defensive end Yaya Diaby out of Louisville. Sean Barber's hyped about that one, by the way. Uh, always is. Pick 178, tight end Davis Allen uh, is the out of Clemson. Uh, pick 217, interior offensive lineman McClendon Curtis, he of 35-inch arms. Pick 249, running back Mo Ibrahim out of Minnesota. And the final pick, 250, is defensive end Truman Jones. Jones out of Harvard. Shout out Zach Tuttle. Thank you for the donation to Salt Comfort. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. <laughs> that was a great draft. I'll be happy with that. I mean, granted, we made it up. <laughs> you know, he got, he got well, the judge did around like, yeah, this guy's be, be, be honest, that's pretty realistic. I mean, it's it's pretty realistic. Yeah. It's pretty realistic. Shout out to you guys for maintaining your discipline. I, I, I talking to players that might be around that. I'll tell you, the thing that drives me nuts the most, and I'm going to get flooded with these, is when people send me, like, hey, I got Will Levis in the fourth round as the backup quarterback for the Chiefs because the algorithm had him there. It's like, it's not going to happen. Take three players off the top of your mock draft simulator, whatever the top three are, and just ignore them and then draft from there. That's my advice to you. It makes things a lot more interesting. But uh, this has been a lot of fun. I think this is a very realistic scenario for the Chiefs. 
I like it a lot. I'd be very thrilled if this was this is what they they came out of out of the draft with. So that's that's a pants loosening draft, not a complete pants <laughs> off draft, but a pants <laughs> loosening draft for Craig's out. Some potential targets for undrafted free agents: uh, Deuce Vaughn. I'm thinking I've heard the point. You did that on purpose. No, look, no, I'll, I'll say this: I'm going to defend Deuce Vaughn a little bit real quick because. Uh, he's it. People talk about the Sproles comp. That's not that's not the physical comps for Darren Sproles and in, in Deuce Vaughn are not they're not close. Uh, that's not a fair comparison. The right. comp for Deuce Vaughn is probably JJ Taylor, uh, from a couple of years ago. JJ Taylor has just because they're short running backs does not mean they're this right. JJ Ta- weighs 20 pounds less. Than yes, exactly. JJ Taylor's physical profile is very similar to Deuce Vaughn. JJ Taylor has found a role in an NFL offense and an NFL team. Sorry. He stuck around for four years. Deuce, Deuce Vaughn deserves to be drafted. He should be drafted somewhere. I don't know. The, some teams are going to be scared off by the athletic profile. Deuce Vaughn was a better college player than J.J. Taylor, too. So, like, if you want to make that argument, J.J. Taylor should have been a draft pick. He stuck around in the league despite being the same size, and Deuce Vaughn's better than him. So there's your argument for Deuce Vaughn being a draft pick. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Sometimes teams get squirrely with all that stuff. They do. They do. Uh, a, a guy that's not Deuce Vaughn, <laughs> the, the guy who might actually fall out of the draft just because a lot of these guys that you have kind of mid-day three grades on, or even later, hell, we had a round three grade on Jalen Watson, and he fell to the very end of the seventh round there. A yeah. guy I really like, John Gaines, second out of UCLA, guy that's going to be able to play all three interior offensive line spots. Did some snapping at the Shrine game. Um, it played both left and right guard. Going to be more of a zone blocking scheme guy. Got some ability to get on his horse and move a little bit. The Chiefs are kind of going through some attrition at interior offensive line and might lose a guy like Joe Tooney. John Gaines is not going to be a Joe Tooney-like player, but he's going to give you another guy that can allow you to run some of the screen game stuff that Andy Reid does some of the pulling blocker stuff that Andy Reid likes to do lately. I think he'd be a fun little addition while you teach him to anchor a little bit. That's his Mm -hmm. biggest thing that he's going to struggle with, but can really get out and move. And if you're going to get a big guy that can move, we know Andy Reid likes those kind of guys. I'll throw uh, one out for real. Gerard Clark out of Coastal Carolina. I'm very curious to see what the nose tackle market looks like in the draft because, like, hey, look, we advocated for Marquand McCall last year, and it didn't happen. So, started a full-on campaign. Hundreds of people were using that hashtag. It was amazing. But um, we're looking at had a, a, ring. a Gerard he, Clark. He started. He could have. He could have signed it. Had yeah. late. Gerard Clark, though, out of Coastal Carolina. If the if the defensive tag for the nose tackle market just doesn't materialize in the draft, he might fall out. Um, and big dude, good run stuffer. Like he's a guy you can drop in there as a, as a true nose. He's not going to give you anything as a pass rusher, but. Just a just a good uh, a good nose player. So I'm going to throw out this one. It, it's completely biased, and yes, it is completely biased. I understand that, but a guy like Malik Knowles mm. uh, from K State, he's six two, one ninety six. He's got uh, elite special teams return ability. He could bring you a little bit of juice. Likely going to be a special teamer, a guy that kind of like Byron Pringle, a guy who just sit on the practice squad for a couple years, kind of learn, earn your spot, couple injuries, you get a chance to get in there. Athletically, he can do it. We um, yeah, but he's a dude that uh, could be late. Sixth, seventh round, or a pri- if he makes it to become a priority free agent, uh, I can see a move like that happening. A guy that can bring you a little bit of something, stash him on the practice squad, have him learn the offense. And like I said, athletically, he's there, physical, 
wise again 6196 pretty impressive we i think we mocked him in the sixth seventh round of the chiefs in one of our mocks this offseason i'd love that pick like that's your special teams guy yeah. like that's mm-hmm. your that's your special teams chops like he's a four core guy and he's got returnability like that's sign me up love it appreciate everybody for hanging out on uh this live stream and these podcasts appreciate uh everybody for listening appreciate please hit that like and subscribe follow us give us that five-star review if you like the content but uh special shout out to ken swanson to craig stout and to maddie lane um i think everybody listening or watching understands the amount of work that these guys put in as somebody that's been around them and understanding how much work this has actually been for these guys uh it's a blessing to to work alongside these guys and and to know how much pride they take in not just throwing stuff together, but really understanding uh, what they're talking about and being able to compare players and, and the way they go about it. It's really easy to fake um, a lot of this stuff. And these guys, they put in the work um, day in and day out. And it's, like I said, it's a blessing to to work alongside with them. Proud as hell to uh, to see all the work that they're doing. Clip that, Tucker. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Hollywood. <laughs> you're, you're great, BJ. You're so great. BJ is great. You're awesome. <laughs> I get to do all the easy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I classify your job as, yeah. Beach. <laughs> you don't see it. That's okay. You guys are good at this. Oh. Appreciate good job, it. Tucker. And a shout out to Tucker. Please, in the comment section, give a shout out and a special positive vibes towards Tucker. This man is. Killing bringing up b-roll all over the place we've got about 120 videos right now highlight videos of players and prospects so make sure if you're watching on youtube hit that like and subscribe turn notifications on be live streaming throughout the entire draft and the goal is to have as many b-roll packages as possible so on saturday when you draft a player and you've never heard of him you can watch the highlights of that <laughs> player uh while we're doing it whether it's a chiefs pick or any pick we'll have b-roll for as many guys as we possibly can um, but again, if you're in the, the Kansas City area, you want to come down to PNL and hang out with us Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we will be there and we'll have some Miller Lite stuff to give away thanks to our partnership with them for NFL draft content. And uh, yeah, come hang out with us up at the distillery in Weston on Sunday. That'll begin at noon. Again, you can RSVP online. Got about 100 people, maybe a little less than 100 people RSVP'd mm-hmm. right now. Uh, some Chiefs legends uh, that will be up there. Some players that you grew up watching play. Oh, uh, Warshire Tucker, probably not because they're all current <laughs> Can't say that because he doesn't know any of the, these former guys. But uh, team was still better than you. We're trying to end it so nicely. You got to go there. I know. Appreciate all of you. <laughs> we'll see you on Thursday. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus, KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.